I was glad when they said, let us come into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We've seen wonderful people. Give, give the Lord Jesus the praise and glory. We may glorify our Father and share this with someone this week. The gospel you've heard and you were taught, not just hold it inside, to share it with someone this week in your workplaces, wherever you go. It's my prayer for us. We'd be those lights that shine on a hill in a dark world. Because, folks, I don't, want any, I don't want my worst enemy not to be able to sing that song. We've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. Lord's grace is sufficient for everyone. They accept him. And I know there's people out there that are not lovable. There's people out there I don't even like in the world. But we got to love them because Christ is, his commandment was to love them. Amen. And to take the message to them. Today I have a special message for us. I preach it to myself already. So I'm going to give it both barrels and I know hose barn, like I always preach. Amen. The word of God. And they're at word of God. With no fallibility. Today, turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. I'll be starting with verse 4. This is our charge verse for today. <clears throat> I prayed about this and read this mud over my mind and my heart all week. I'm, uh, I am very joyful and very rejoiced in seeing that many visitors we have today. Uh, I want y'all to come back every Sunday and join us in worship and in praise. So praise the Lord for you. Today, the Lord has touched my heart to ever so often we go to the church family. We do like the world sometimes. In other words, sometimes we have to shake off the world from our bodies. Our lives grow dim. And the Lord always put place in, in Scripture and in, with the fellowship of one another like you women had yesterday to lift each other at these times, to lift each other in group as a family and to edify one another. To edify means to exhort, lift up. And actually, it actually means to look after it and to take up for. That's a beautiful word in the Greek language. To edify means to lift up and stand with. And that's a beautiful word of the Lord. Uh, but sometimes we do, at, at times, think we're doing the right things that are Christ-like, and they are actually worldly when we edify someone else outside the church family. And the things that God wants us to keep in respect here in the, in the verse of scriptures is that he supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory. And what he's saying is not according to our, what we want or what we think we need, according to his, according to his will, he supplies that need for us. And so this, this whole verse of scripture from uh, verse 4 all the way through 13 is basically how do you do away with anxiety in your life? We all have anxiety. We all have stress. No matter where you're at, no matter where you're at in your life, you have anxiety. We care about things. We have anxiety over about tomorrow. We always have anxiety about what's going to happen next week, or we see something coming up in the future. Maybe we're worried about. And God gives us a good recipe through Apostle Paul here this morning on how to overcome that anxiety. And it simply tells us in God's word, starting with verse four. To rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now anytime apostle of God, a prophet, says anything twice, it means listen up. To rejoice in the Lord in all things. Rejoice in the Lord, whatever you're going through in life. Always rejoice in the Lord. And this is a beautiful proclamation to keep our focus on Him. And I will go through times we don't feel like rejoicing in the Lord. God's word says to rejoice in Him always. 
Good times, bad times. Waiting times, the times where victories we see, the times where we think we're not overcoming, we're not making much of a mountain there, God says, I am with you. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. It means the Lord is with us. And not only with us, the Lord is at hand. He is close by. And he works those things for us in our lives. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He wants to hear the least amount of your worries up to the greatest amount of your worries. He wants all your anxiety cast upon him. He's the only one that can handle it. You can't handle it. I can't handle it. You can't come to me with your anxiety. It's all y'all to come to me with the anxieties that you had just for one week. Who am I going to give it to? The Lord. I'm going to give it directly to the Lord because I can't handle it. And you can't handle it. Together we can't handle it. The Lord can handle it. He has created our beings to cry out to Him in those times. And He can handle every situation, every soul on earth at one time. He's the only one that can do it. He's the Creator. But let your prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. When you ask God, you come to God and ask, Lord, help me through this time. I want to be healed. My body is failing. My mental capacity is failing. I get mad and I say words I shouldn't say. Whatever that situation is, oh, that, that fellow worked just, I want to get my hands around him and just choke him sometimes, you know. Whatever that situation is, give that to the Lord. And what he does with that is he casts it out. Now, if it comes back in your life, you brought it back in there, okay? When you give, if I have to go out here and, and this garbage truck, BFI truck pulls up in here, and I throw my garbage in that truck, he's going to take it to the dump, okay? And it's gone, okay? But I can go back out there in that dump and get it and drag it back in my house if I want to. See? But he said that's why he takes care of it. He dumps it, takes it as far, and casts it from the east as it's from the west. And it's gone. But we have a tendency to dredge it back up again, see? The Lord is saying, all of our anxiety, all of our prayer should be a supplication and thank Him already for what He's done. Right. We're to pray in faith, thanking God forever for what He's done and what He is doing in our life as we pray. Because we don't know how many people we are influencing at the time. Usually more than one. People are watching us all the time, seeing what we're going to do. And this is a kind of a commandment here with a blessing. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now this word keep here is a big word, folks. And another word for keep is sustain. Used a lot in the Old Testament. The Lord shall sustain me. He will sustain thy soul. He shall sustain thy spirit. He will sustain thy continence. In other words, the Lord upholds you with his strong right hand. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In verse 8, Apostle Paul tells us, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, if I recall... My very first Bible teacher ever taught me the Bible, which was my mother and father. And I can recall all the ones who taught me through the years, which there are many, and including seminary, and including those who walked their life out in front of me. My father was a beautiful figure of a man after God's own heart. He walked with God as a Christian man. But when I read this verse, I don't think about anybody like that. I read this verse of Scripture, I think about Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus fulfilled everything in this 
verse of scripture. He fulfilled it all. He had a pure heart. He had compassion. He loved everyone. But he had a, but he, he was on a mission. And we joined him in that mission. And those things which you have both learned, he says, and those things which you have both learned and received. We received all his gifts by the Holy Spirit. He's given them to us. Each one, each Christian here has a gift of God to use in ministry. And we received that and we heard and seen in me, which Apostle Paul says, I received gifts. He received the gifts of prophecy, of preaching, the word of God, and of healing, and several gifts Apostle Paul had. And the God of peace shall be with you. And what this means here in verse 8, there's a cleansing that we have to do, folks, a cleansing in our mind and our body and our soul and our spirit. How many here have a refrigerator at home? Anybody have a refrigerator? I think everybody has. Probably, who has two refrigerators? Who has a meat uh, freezer full of venison? Uh. Tell you, I'm going to your house, Brother Dex. We know that that refrigerator, we keep all the things we like in it. We want to keep cold and keep fresh and crisp. This cold water coming out of the refrigerator now. I love cold water. Mm, that's good, especially when it's good and cold like that. I want to pour it on my head here in a little bit. In a refrigerator, say our, Bonnie's gone. She's going to let me do this while she's at home. But say she goes away on a trip and it's been a week, and I say, I ain't going to be able to finish all these sardines and mustard and crackers, so I'm going to just open my refrigerator and stick them in there. I'll come back and eat them later. I'll leave them in there about three days and get them in there. And I'll come back and finish them off. And it, look, and it looks like... Fresh dead bait you use you know, on the go. And it smells all the way into the back bedroom. And I say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to close that up. I'm going to get some 409 out. I'm going to clean that refrigerator. I clean the whole outside of that refrigerator. I'm going to clean that real good and sparkly. Clean all my, all my grandbaby pictures off and my niece and nephew pictures and stick them back on there and put a smiley face on it. And that's all clean and shiny. When I open that door, does it still stink? Big time. So I say, you know what? I'm going to put a bunch of fresh vegetables in there. I'm going to put even one of Bonnie's little essence candle things like over here. I'm going to stick it in there with it. That'll cover all that stench up. I'll come back tomorrow. It's going to smell just like a fresh flower, right? When I, when I pull that refrigerator door up the next day, is it going to smell like a fresh flower? It's going to smell like dead, rotten sardines. That's going to stay that way until I what? Remove that nasty, stanky can of sardines out of there. And throw them away and get them out of the house, right? And then clean that refrigerator out, cleanse it, clean it with cleaner, put some fresh baking soda back in there, and then hopefully it didn't go into the freezer. Because it went to the freezer, I'm going to clean that out too. Because that stench will stay in there for six years. Okay? So hopefully it didn't go into the freezer compartment either. But that refrigerator has to be clean, folks, from the inside to get the stench. That's why we are as Christians, exactly. We can't say, Lord, bless me. And yes, you have blessed me, Lord. And I want that, this, that, but you know, I want to be blessed. I want to keep that sardines in there, but just, just keep putting good stuff in me. He ain't going to do it. He is not going to do it. You have to have everything removed out of that vessel to be used for God's service. See? He says you have to collect a cleansing of that. Cleanse your heart, your mind, your soul. That's why he tells us, Apostle Paul said, to think on these things. Let these things be a part of you. Things that are just, things that are pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praise. Think on these things. Because see, the Lord knows that we're, we're carnal people. And He knows we're sin. And the best of us sins. 
every day. The best of us sins every day. So he knows we're that way. But he knows if we put enough good things up here in our noggin, guess what? Enough of those good things are going to sink down to our heart, heart of hearts. And you know, guess what it does when it does that? It flushes out. The heart's a pump. It pumps blood out. It refines. It's going to pump out that garbage with that good stuff in. We'll get rid of those nasty sardines in our hearts, see? It's going to pump it out. And all of God's virtues are going to remain in us. You know, we're going to have enough to share with somebody else. See? We're going to be a vessel used by God. And Jesus says, in everything you do, ask the Lord to guide you in by prayer. Let your Father know when you're burdened by, and give him a problem to him, for he cares for us. He will give us peace and assurance in our heart. And think on these things. The Apostle Paul goes over and explains the victory over anxious care. He says, But those things, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care of me, having flourished again, when ye were also careful, but lacked opportunity. Now that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned at whatever state I am, therefore to be content. See? Because we're carnal, we want what the neighbor has. We want what the neighbor's neighbor has. We want stuff all the time. I want it. Y'all seen that commercial on TV? I laugh every time it comes on. It's my money and I want it now. And the guy sees his head out the window. It's my money and I want it now. I was going to take a BB gun and shoot that guy right in his nose. It's my money and I want it now. He's like a little, little four-year-old kid, Winnie Winer kid, screaming. And that guy's back behind him going, yeah, it's your money and you deserve it. He's a lawyer, right? And I'm going to get it for you. I'm going to get it for you. Be content with whatever the Lord has given you. See? Man, we've had example after example after example of folks that are content, yet we grab for more. Oh, we're a whole different generation now. Well, they was, they was happy with a horse and buggy. I want to grab for the go. I'm going for the gusto. I want to keep grabbing, see? See, I want to get a, I want to get a triple door refrigerator, pure glass in front of it, see? If I can show off all the food I got in there. I might not share it, but I want to show it off. <laughs> Show you what I have in there, what I what I can actually cook up if I have to. See, we're gonna be we gonna be right next with the Jones competition. See, we thrive on it because our TV show everything about competition and lust daily. Most of the programs on even the ones that are family programs are about getting winning. Okay, so we're drawn by that, and the workplaces we're drawn by that. We see people are not content with what they have, and to learn to be content with what you have. You're a rich man and woman, folks. If you learn to be content with what the Lord has blessed you with and already given to you, and like we said, saying, count your many blessings, name them one by one, it's part of that recipe. Sit down and count your blessings. Well, I still have two feet. Yep. So got two knees. So got two legs. So got two arms. They still work pretty good. You know, I still stand upright. I still walk. Still talk. I'm still breathing. Every breath I get from the Lord. You can just make you a long list of things there. Everything else on top of that is abundance, folks. Amen. See, so each one here in this room is blessed. Very much blessed. We're blessed to live in, in the country. We can worship God and sing songs without any threat of heresy whatsoever. See, no one comes to the door and, 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 and tries to tell us what we can preach or teach or sing about. He's kept our country hedged in that. But Apostle Paul says, though, be content with what the Lord has given you and thank Him for it. Right. See? And things He will add to that will surprise you. 
Some of the things you want, he wanted for you too. Amen? So you receive those things and praise God for them. The Apostle Paul said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. In other words, I've learned to go hungry. I've learned both to abound and to suffer in need. See, Apostle Paul knows there's times when we're supposed to suffer. See, a lot of people got this, got this equation in their head that's from Satan himself. That if, you know what? If you're not prosperous, you must have some untold sin in your life. You know, if you, if you don't have $955,000 in your bank, then something's wrong. you got some kind of bad sin in your life. If you're not prospering more and more, there must be some great sin in your life. Well, the only great sin you got is watching that idiot on television. Change the channel. Okay? That's the only sin you have in your life right there. Because God prosperous means much more to God than the world means prosperous, okay? We're prosperous when we're in fellowship together. It means together like this in God's Word. We prosper from that. We're prosperous when we do everything that has kingdom value that relates to God's holy temple. In God's house, in God's Son, in God's Holy Spirit. That, folks, we're very prosperous. We're very rich people. Matter of fact, when you say my father has cattle on a thousand hills, amen, Tex? He owns it all. He owns it all, folks. One day, it's I'll go back to him. And without us on this planet, you know what this planet is to him? He's going to melt it down like a big bottle of wax, folks. Because he created us to glorify him. And he's making us a new heaven right now. So glorious, we can't even fathom in our hearts and minds. Can't even conceive the beauty of that heaven. We'll be one day together. But he said, well, while we're here, while we're sojourning here on earth, be content with those things. And when you're hungry, don't worry about it because you're going to be fed. Don't have anxiety about it. The bound and suffer need, suffer. Because you know what? His son suffered much for us. Christ Jesus suffered the full amount of suffering for our souls. He purchased our souls with his blood. And in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And some of the old versions, I like it better. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say it together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now a little bit louder. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A good recipe for overcoming anxiety is to remember these things. In all things to praise God, in all things we're conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. And to cast all the anxiety the world has upon Him. For He cares for us. He can clean that refrigerator out, folks. He can cleanse our hearts out. The problem is that we kind of like that little stench in our lives, see? That little stench becomes a, a pet sin to us. We like to drag it along. And God says, you know what? You can drag it along. You can receive vain glory for it. But you will get no reward in heaven. Your reward is right there. You get one man to brag on you and your vain glory is done. That's all you'll be glorified for, see? He says, think on these things in our minds and our hearts and our souls always. But think on these things which are just and are pure. Y'all heard the word garbage in, garbage out? We think on enough trash in our lives, then you're going to talk trash. You're going to have trash coming out of your mouth. We you have good report and pure things and you're, and you're feeding upon the pure word of God. And the pure knowledge of Jesus Christ, you're going to have pure things come out of your mouth. Yeah. See? And I, you know, 
I've, I've worked in, in workplaces where the most ungodliest jokes ever told right there in the workplace, you know. And, uh, and uh, when you hear those kind of things, I had a Christian a friend of mine, he used to work with me. They wanted the shots, and they used to say, you know, Brother Dear, I wish God made Liar's Breath brown. Remember they told a lot of big old black stench would come out? Big old, big old brown stench would come out of their mouth and just fill the room like someone passed gas. It'd be that kind of a... And every time they talk, every time they let a lie out, it'd be like this big old hard-balled egg. Stench come out of their mouth. They said, wouldn't that be neat? And I said, man, we wouldn't be able to live. Especially you and I. See? Because we all lie, folks. We're all are liars. We're all sinners in front of God. Ain't no white lie to make someone's hair look nice. Oh, you've lost several hundred pounds, you know. <laughs> That's a white lie. It's still a lie. It's still a sin, folks. You know what else is a sin? Not doing what you're supposed to do. See, it's not just doing things bad. It's not doing what God said to do. That is a bad sin against God. But thank God, the song we just sang about amazing grace as we're in a dispensation period of grace, folks. Israel and the Old Testament were under a dispensation period of God's law. When they messed up, guess what? They died. You did it before the night was over. Thank God, when He sent Jesus Christ here to die on the old rugged cross for our sins, He put us right under the dispensation period, right under God's perfect timeline of grace. And that grace covers us from our sins if we repent. So we got in heaven just letting a bunch of sins pile up. It's kind of like it's kind of like income tax time. Y'all let them pile up a while, and then I'll take care of them all at once. Then we wonder why. Well, I thought I was going to take care of them and pray over them all at once. Why am I, you know, why am I going through this bad period of time? Why am I having such a problem? Well, there's your problem. You're not coming to God daily, and that's Him to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We can fill you. With his perfect will. And we all have a habit of doing that. I have a habit. You have a habit. We're all sinners saved by grace. Amen. And God says, if you come to him in repentant heart, you look at King David's life, what all King David went through in his life. He's seen God deliver him from the hand of the enemy a hundred times. And he's slown the great giant. He's slown many armies that are much, much bigger than Israel. And yet he was a murderer and yet he was an adulteress when these things hit him though his heart he fell on his face and said I've sinned against you God against you have I sinned and that's where we're to be is God don't just forgive my sin I'm going to do it over again but just forgive me that old sin I know I keep doing it keep doing it but you keep blessing me and, and uh, it's, it's no repentance there folks repentance means you stop that sin and you turn from it away from that sin. Repent means you turn around and walk in the ways of the good life that Christ Jesus gave us. See? Repent of that sin. It don't mean you're never going to sin again. But it means you're not going to sin that sin. Amen? That sin again. Because you give it to the Lord. The woman at the well. Y'all remember the story? The woman at the well. And he came, Jesus came wanting to drink of water. And she drew him a drink of water. And he says, the water that I have, what? If you drink from this water, you what? Never thirst again. So if you drink the water from this well, you're going to come back here and you're going to want some more of it. 
because it's your physical nature. But if you drink from the well, which is I, from this well, he pointed to himself, you'll never thirst again. For I am the water of life. I am the living waters. And she says, oh, my goodness. She almost instantly knew he was the son of God. And she wanted to run back and tell all the people that this is the son of God. I want to show you a man who knew everything about me, knew that I was in my sin, living in my sin. Now, when Jesus told her that he knew that she had boyfriends and husbands and she was an adulteress and all these things, he already knew that about her. But what did he say? Y'all remember what he said to her at the end? You remember what he said? That's right. Did he say that she, he knew that she wasn't going to ever sin again? Wrong. He knew that she was going to sin. But that sin she would never commit again. And that sin she never did commit again. So she had been healed. She had seen the living water. She had tasted of that living water. That would be one of the sins that will not ever hamper or bother her again. It's gone. She gave that to the only person on this earth, under heaven, earth, and hell, who could save her. She came to the right person. And she gave in repentance her heart to him. And he cleansed her heart. He cleansed her heart from the physical state, from the mental state she was in. He cleansed her soul and saved her all at the same time. And she knew who he was because she went and got rounded people up and brought them to him. See, she knew how much her salvation costs. And then, of course, when she seen him down on the cross for our sins, it just magnified that a thousand times. So this woman at the well... You think she's appreciative of that? Was she appreciative of that? I guarantee you she was. She told everybody in town about the saving grace of Jesus. Now, since Jesus saved us, he wants us to do the same thing. To get excited. Don't get over your salvation. Get excited about your salvation. To let your light shine bright before all men. That's in the workplace. That's in the supermarkets. Wherever you go. That's before all men. Let your light shine bright. That your father... They show that you are children of God. And you will show your Father you do the good deeds, the light things, in the light. that will bless Him and glorify Him. That's what He has us out there, folks, vessels. And each one of us is a different vessel. So He's for a different type of ministry to reach other people. But He said, I use you all. And you're all my children. And folks, you just think about it. The time we labor here together on earth, it's a short time. We're here on earth and we're here 70 75 years, however long our lifespan is, is it's a scratch, it's a touch in eternity. Amen. See? As the song, song we sang, we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's grace than when we first begun. See? That's a beautiful song. Beautiful song, Amazing Grace. Amen. Because it tells us in eternity, we won't be have anxiety of time. Oh, my goodness, I'm over already. Well, I know anxiety about, oh, did I leave the roast on 300 or 450 or 900? or Oh, the guests are coming. I don't want to burn that roast. I really don't. My goodness. Did I leave the roast out of the freezer? I mean, any kind of anxiety. Am I going to live the rest of this week? or You know, am I going to live maybe the rest of this month? Am I going to be able to pay that bill at the end of the month? You know, am I going to have to keep on acting like I love my mother-in-law? I mean... Can I just, just tell her I don't like you or get it over with? Yeah, we're supposed to keep loving her, just hugging her and loving her. So Lord just said, keep persevering, but not on your own strength because you can't do it. You'll fall down. You'll fall every time. 
but do it in his strength. Apostle Paul says, be content with what the Lord has given us. And you know what? We're content with what we have. He strengthens us to do more every time. We thank him for it and we pray for one another in supplication and intercessory prayer. As we pray for one another, he strengthens us to do more. He blesses us more and more and more. We become more strengthened by praying for others than we do ourselves. You understand that? Your heads this way, yes. You understand that? But we pray for each other, one another. God strengthens us to do more. As a church family, we're like one big family here, and also individually. And you know what? His, his healing is instant, folks. Instant. We, just don't, we don't receive an instant. It's a problem. His healing is instant. We just got so many cares in the world going on in our mind. We just don't think, say, thank you, Lord. And I accept it, and I claim it now. And it's claimed, folks. We pray for some folks that we thought never will make the gates of heaven. I mean, some of the sorrowest rascals on earth in my family. They use the family all their life, and all they do is use them. Guess what? One day they got saved, and they made a big difference in the world as a witness for God. Because you know what? People don't want to go to someone that don't have any experience, right? I wouldn't want to go to a guy that's still in going to uh, still internship for be a doctor and say, hey, I only got $5. Will you operate on me? <laughs> Brother Robert knows a little bit about that. <laughs> I want to say, well, Brother Robert, you fillet fish good. Would you do surgery on me? You're a good fish filet. Just go in right here. I know the knife only has, one side is real clean, one side has fish blood on it. Just go in here and get, cut my gizzard out for me. He'd probably do it for me. <laughs> but you want to go to somebody that knows what they know, okay? And the people who have been through the fire, people who have lost, say, loved ones, a young life, or maybe someone's lost a child in a car accident and the child is four years old. Lost somebody to uh, a, a, a sudden death, a falling or something, and the child died. Now they say, oh, they, I don't see how they ever got over that. But you know what? Guess who the best person to go to if you lose a child? Not even a pastor. Guess who the best person to go to when you lose a child? It's that person who lost a child. And that person will help you through it. Because you know what? They've been through the fire. They've been through the fire. And they'll hug you up and pray with you. And God sends us here together. Each one of us has been through different trials in life. And some similar. But he says, you know what? All of you are to pray to me. God, your Father, for I care for you. And when you're prayed up to me and you got all that junk out of your system, I'm going to bless you. And when someone else comes along and says, oh, when you lose that person that's very dear to you, just sit in their lap and let them hug you. And you know what? Their prayers will heal you. Because God let them go through that. And God lets us go through what we go through so we can help somebody else along. And that's all it's all about, God's love, folks. It's a big blanket that covers every need, everything in our lives. It covers. He covers us for he loves us. He's the shepherd. We're his sheep. And the shepherd don't ever let the sheep get out too far from him. And the sheep know his voice. And the reason why we know his voice is because we listen. So we listen to our shepherd. We know his heartbeat. We know what he wants from us. We know that he wants to take care of all of our needs. And we look to him. Say, look to him. He is our healing. Amen. He is our shepherd who cares for us, his sheep. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this taking our anxieties that we have all during the day, Father, for taking the junk that we pile up in our lives, Father, and just handing that to you, Father, and let you cast it as far as east as from the west. And Father, we pray today 
as you have removed that garbage from our hearts and our souls and our minds, Father, and, 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 and creating us a clean heart, Father, that we may be able to bring others to you. Father, I don't want to bless and receive today until my heart is cleansed. And once my heart is cleansed by you, my creator, and I feel the precious blood of Jesus that covers my heart and my soul and even my eternity. I'm signed, sealed, and delivered through him. And I praise you, Lord, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made by your hands, Father. I pray for every healing in this room today, everyone. You may give them an extra helping of your blessing, Father, of your assurance that you're in control of all things. And you are their creator, Lord and Savior. Father, I pray there's one person here does not know your son personally as Lord, Savior, and Jesus Christ. Today's the day for them. They can accept him fully, have an intimate relationship with him, and depend on him fully each day, and walk with him, and talk with him, and sing to him. So, Lord Jesus, we magnify your name today. Son of the living God, we give you all the praise and all the glory today for you alone are worthy of our praise. And Holy Spirit of God, you have worked through Jesus Christ's sufferings to help minister to us. For you know his heart, you know the heart of the Father. So do your winnowing work today and pull that dross out of our hearts that causes us to lack, that causes us to be slowed down, that causes us, Father, to just not care quite enough. And take that cancer out of us that draws us and slows us down. Remove it and pure in your perfect will, Father. We're glad to receive it and gladly accept it, Father. And thank you for your cleansing and all you can give. In Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen.